Hello everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Ugo's Take. Um, today I just want to talk on some sporting issues, especially congratulations to Liverpool for winning the league. Um, very outstanding performance throughout the season. Not only have they been the best side, but they've been the most consistent side all through the tournament, all through the, should I say, not tournament really, but all through the uh, competition. And although they faltered a bit during the restart, but they actually did themselves proud and they've actually won the league. And they won the league in proper fashion by smashing Chelsea, Chelsea Football Club, my club, five goals to three. You know, Chelsea, their defending is just all over the place. Very erratic, erratic defending. So, that being said, congratulations to Liverpool for winning the league. And now, one problem I have, guys and girls that are listening, I have no problem, Liverpool, outstanding, won the league. But how can you tell me that the football writer's player of the season is Henderson? That's unbelievable. That's just absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable, I tell you. Don't get me wrong. Henderson is a workaholic. It's a, it's a good player you want to have in your team. And it suits um, what club, what you can club is trying to do or has tried to do in Liverpool so kudos to him but really the best player this season come on now come on now do you want to you would someone please tell me that Kevin De Bruyne is probably playing in La Liga or he's playing in the Dutch Eredivisie or he's playing in the Italian Serie A or he's playing on the moon okay let's look at Liverpool itself is he more important than Van Dijk? Is he better than um, Allison, the goalkeeper? Is he better than Salah? Or is he more important than Mane? Or even Firmino? So how is he the player of the season when he's not even the best player in his own team? That's just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. It shakes my head. How on earth is he the best player in the league he's not even the best player in in, in his club you know in the midfield i don't think he's even better than fabinho so even in his own position the position where he plays the part of the field where he plays in his own team he's not even the best player so how on earth is he the best player in the league how someone tell me when Eden Hazard won uh, the Football Writers Player uh, 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 of the Year award, he was the best player, hands down. He was the best player in Chelsea, you know. For Henderson, we know you win the league, but it doesn't. It's an individual award. Okay, let's say I play for, let's say Mr. A or Player A plays for a Liverpool Football Club and scores 50 goals has 25 assists and creates 40 goal scoring chances and then you have player C maybe playing for Manchester City Football Club and has maybe scored 15 goals made 2 assists 
and has created 10 uh, goal scoring chances. Would you then tell me seriously? Would you then tell me seriously that player B is a better player than play, player A because player C won the league or is the team that won the league rather? So come on, Henderson, no, not in a million years, not in a million years. Good, due respect to him, I'm not slagging him off, he's a, a hard-working player, he fits uh, um, what Jurgen Klopp is trying to do, what he's trying to achieve um, at Liverpool, but no, 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 no way, no, no. And then the battle for top four, the battle for top four. Who will win the battle for top four? It's almost like the clubs are afraid of finishing in the top four. That is Leicester City Football Club, Manchester United, Chelsea. Today one team plays well, the next moment not so much. So Who's, who's going to finish fourth? And Chelsea had everything in their hands. And that was the fallout of the Liverpool game. We all knew that Liverpool has already won the league. So that's, that's settled. You know, that's settled. They've won the league. That's, that's done. But Chelsea, you just needed a point. A point to secure top, top four. A point. A point. And then what, what happened? They trade away. And one problem I have with Lampard, with Frank Lampard, is he seems to make the same mistake over and over and over again. It seems he doesn't learn his lessons because the Liverpool team. They've been outstanding over the past two seasons. They finished below Manchester last season. Just a point difference. And then they also um, just won the league with very high point. And the distance between them and Manchester City was just <laughs> out of this world. was a really huge gap. But there's a particular... One of their, their strengths is also a flaw. Which is... The full, their fullbacks always bomb forward to provide width for their front three. And that leaves them open at the back. Leaves them open at the back. Leaves them open at the back. You know, it leaves them open at the back. And you have a player like Pulisic, like Christian Pulisic. And it's not one of those situations where, oh yeah, he's been hyped so much and hasn't really played that well for Chelsea ever since he's come on board. But he's played well when he's been fit. And especially during this restart, he's been phenomenal. For me, he's been Chelsea's best player at the restart, after the restart. He's just been crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy town. And then in a game as important as this, when you know that Trent Alexander-Arnold would always bump forward, you didn't play him. You played Mount. 
what are you trying to achieve? What was Frank Lampard trying to achieve? Someone please tell me. What was he trying to achieve, really? What was he trying to achieve? Play the players in form. Play the players in form. Don't try to uh, be too smart about it. Play the players in form and get the job done as soon as possible. Because against Wolves, you never can tell what's happening. Because they have something to fight for as well. Because they have Europe, they're trying to get into Europa League places so at least secure their Europa, Europa League position. So, so that's for that. Congrats to Liverpool for winning the league. Um, next season, let's see who will be co- a competition for them. Man City as well, usual, usual suspects. Uh, Man United, uh, well, maybe because it seems with um, since Bruno Fernandes joined uh, Manchester United. They've been on the up and up partially, although they got smashed by Chelsea, um, the FA, FA Cup semi-finals. So that's another topic for discussion. And they got smashed by Chelsea 3-1, and then they drew against West Ham. So what's going to happen when they play Leicester City? And that's another problem. What and Leicester has better goal difference than Chelsea? Is it no? I think just has slightly better goal difference than um, Leicester City. So what happens if Leicester pushes four past United? What happens? So let's see. Last game of the season. Fingers crossed. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it goes. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Now the semi-finals. Who's going to win? I would like those who listen to the show to either send an email to ugostake at coolsite.net that is u-g-o-s hyphen t-a-k-e at c-o-o-l-s-i-t-e dot n-e-t you know ugostake at coolsite.net send in your predictions let us know what you think who's going to win uh, um, the, league, the, the the final the FA Cup final send your predictions in let's, let's, let's know what's going to happen what you think do you think Arsenal would win? Do you think Chelsea would win? You know, do you think it would be one of those um, high-scoring games or cricket score lines where you see like uh, 10-5 or <laughs> I'm just joking, but probably you see them like a 5-3 or a 6-4, or do you believe it to be a more tight-ish affair? Probably a 2-1 or a 1-1 at end of regulation time, and then go on to penalties. So, what do you think? Let me know, send an email, and if you want to also contribute to the show, just let me know by sending an email, and I'll also send you the link where you can send your audio messages and then be part of the show. So, now let's see who would win. What do you think? I think Chelsea could edit, but I may be biased. No, not maybe biased. I'm actually, actually biased because Chelsea is my club, and I don't support anyone else. Though they disappointed me greatly this year, um, the excuse has been Hazard's left the club, so anything goes. But if your top player leaves your club, okay, that's fine. If you can't win the league, maybe. If you um, don't finish in the top four, maybe. But you don't lose to sides like Bournemouth, like Watford, with due respect to all these clubs. 
you just don't do that. No, that doesn't happen because you lose one player. When you have your Williams and your uh, Giroud's and your Pulisic's and your Zoomers and your Kepa, you know, and all that. So uh, let's look at the conundrum, the Kepa conundrum. You know, the Kepa conundrum. Now, for me, it's not immediately to say toss Kepa, throw him out to the window, get a new player, get a new goalkeeper. People are talking of all black. We're not talking about Onana, Onana. Now, all black for me is the best goalkeeper in the world at the moment. But one thing people forget is that all black plays for Atletico Madrid and Atletico Madrid that is coached by Diego Simeone and he's still one of the few coaches that sets his team to defend properly. He's one of the few coaches that sets his team up, his teams up to defend properly. So, unlike what you have with Chelsea where people could just waltz through, you know, waltz through Chelsea's defense, you know, and, and score, get a free run at the goalkeeper, you don't have that. You don't have that with with uh, um you, do, you don't have that with Atletico Madrid. So what happens when he's in this type of Chelsea defense? You need to have yourself a good central defender, someone who is not only good in his own self, or not just good ability wise, but someone who has great leadership characteristics that can shout at Rudiger to say, Rudiger, don't move, stay here. We're, we're high pressing, we go in, as a unit, or we're maintaining a, a, a deep line and then control the midfield in front of him as well. So, just throwing Kepa out the window isn't the solution. Well, you may well want to replace him, that's fine. You want to just have a clean slate, you know, a keeper that just has a clean slate, and someone that Frank Lampard could say, okay, this is my own. Uh, 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 signing my own goalkeeper so I trust him but you must get a defender you must you must you certainly must get a defender there is no ifs no buts about it you must get a defender you must Koulibaly uh, is out there you go you splash 80 million 95 million and you sign him and you do you sign him get a good central defender who is good on his feet good in the air strong and has good leadership characteristics that's what we want that's what we want that's what we want. I'm, I'm throwing objectivity to the window now but that's what we as Chelsea fans want you know I've spent enough time screaming and shouting about uh, 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 screaming and shouting at my TV screens uh, about Chelsea so I've had enough of that Hope next season will be better. Now, still staying on Chelsea Football Club. Now, Chelsea is no news. Already signed Hakim Zayek, the uh, Moroccan midfielder that used to play for um, Ajax. Already signed um, Timo Werner, the uh, striker that played for uh, that, that used to play for RB Leipzig, German striker. You know, so and then the talks of also getting close to signing uh, Bayern Leverkusen and midfielder uh, Kai Havertz. I almost forgot his name. 
Kai Havertz, who is a very versatile player, can play as a false nine, can play as an actual number nine, can play either wings and can play in the heart of the midfield as well. So that's good on Chelsea front. But there's another team, there's another team, there's another football club in London that you just can't predict. They beat Man City. They beat Man City to qualify to uh, uh, um, qualify for the finals of the English FA Cup of or the Emirates Cup, whichever you want to call it. But I'm a traditionalist when it comes to the FA Cup, so I call it the FA Cup. Whoever is the sponsor is the sponsor. After some years, two, three years, five, six years, if it's not renewed, it will be a different um, company or brand sponsoring the league. The, the, the cup so it's the FA Cup to me just like the Premier League is the Premier League to me whichever company or brand that decides to get the naming rights for it would would be there but it will always be the Premier League and the FA Cup will be the FA Cup you know they beat Liverpool they beat Man City but then again they lost to Aston Villa how does that happen like how do you how do you that how do you drop how do you win against it arguably not arguably but actually the actual best sides in the league and then you draw points to a team trying fighting for their premiership lives how how does that happen you know it's a conundrum Arsenal fans I would like you to let me know tell me send me an email you know or um, call and join the, the whatsapp forum Send your, your messages via the WhatsApp forum and let us know what do you think? You know, what do you actually think? <laughs> you know, what's wrong with the Arsenal Football Club? Although you could say Arteta just come in, he's trying to build the team to uh, be um, in his own image or what he likes to see from a football club. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. But then again, how do you beat the question remains how do you beat the best teams in the land? And then you go on to 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 drop points to one of the worst teams. Do you respect Arsenal Villa in the league? How does that happen? You know, so the questions I want to know: Who do you think for the next episode? I would like to get your take on who do you think would win, who who gets into the top four. You have, or rather, the question at this point is. Who do you think would miss out on top four? Because you have Leicester, Manchester United, and Chelsea, three clubs fighting for two places in the top four. So who do you think would win, would get into the top four, and who do you think would drop off? Fingers crossed, I'm hoping Chelsea doesn't drop off, but the way they've been playing this season, wow, <laughs> wow, wow. Because you, you can't really say, oh, for sure, against Wolves, they're going to get the points. They're going to bring it home. They're bringing this cup home. No, you can't say. Chelsea is the kind of thing right now that could lose to Wolves and then beat Arsenal 5-0. So you have to get that consistency going. Frank Lampard, I know you listen to this. <laughs> I wish. I know you listen to this. You listen to this podcast every day. I know you do. Listen to what I'm saying. Try to get the consistency right. And then sometimes you have to be a bit pragmatic. I know attacking football flair and all, but sometimes you play ugly, 
get the points you want, you need, and then you restruct, you restrategize, you reset for the next games. Uh, you play with, with four with with four first defenders, two sets, two, two blocks or four in front of your defense. You have one man. Like you play like a counter-attacking football. You play counter-attacking football because getting to Champions League is paramount for money, money-wise, you know. So you're able to sign players, and then for players who want, who you may be competing with, like Manchester United may be competing for a certain player, you know, with you with Chelsea Football Club, and Champions League might just be what swings it. Some players may say, "I don't want to play on Thursdays." I want to hear the sweet Champions League anthem, so I want to go for a club who is in the Champions League. And even when the player says, okay, I'll come to your club, that means you have to spend even more, even so much more, so much more. Now, I would like to also use the opportunity to congratulate Leeds United. Leeds United, congratulations, you're back to the Premier League where you belong. This is your home, the Premier League. The Premier League is your home. So congrats to everyone who's associated with Leeds United and their fans, the CEO, the owners, the, the coach. It'll be interesting, really interesting to see what uh, Marcelo Biesla would do in the Premier League. How his coaching style would be, you know, it will be really, really interesting because the question is, could he still maintain his sweet passing, sweet flow, sweet flowing football that he played at championship level? You know, with due respect to the championship, the championship, the Premier League is a different ballgame altogether. But in his defense, or rather in his corner, um, when um, Leeds United came up against Premiership opposition, I think it was... Arsenal, I think, yes, Arsenal. They played Arsenal off the pitch, and it wasn't one of those performances where you have a lower-ranked team playing with two banks of four and then looking to break the team up. They dominated possessions, created more chances against Arsenal. It was just, uh, it was just outstanding play. But the question is, would they come to the Premier League and do the same? You know. What happens if they come into the Premier League and they lose their first two or three games badly? Say 4-1 or 4-2, not not 5-2. You know, what happens? Would Marcelo Biesla still stick to his guns and say, okay, I'll still play this way and hopefully we'll get it right? Because he has the respect of coaches like Pep Guardiola, who is arguably the best coach in the world. And then you have Jurgen Klopp as well. You know, everyone seems to sing his praises. And one thing that would be interesting as well would be to see Frank Lampard go up against Marcelo Biesla. You know, not just the rivalry between Leeds United and Chelsea Football Club, but also the undercurrent. You know, Chelsea used to coach, I mean, Frank Lampard used to be the coach, manager of Derby County. You know, they were in the championship and I think they defeated Leeds. Yeah. You know, but in the game they played, there was an accusation that there were spies sent by Leeds United to watch the training sessions of um, 
of Derby County then under the watch of Frank Lampard. So let's see what happens. Will they, will they shake hands? Next season promises to be exciting. It'll be really, really, really exciting. And also, I would like to get your feedback on what player would you like to see your club buy? If you're an Arsenal fan, let's have some fun. Tell me what players would you like to see your, your team get and what positions on the field do you think need replenishing? Is it the central defensive position? Because you can see a lot of goals, like my club as well. Your wingers, is it wing play? Um, I think Atessa was talking about creativity, an issue around creativity. So, what happens? What does it do? Does that mean Ozil will come back into the team? Or that means he's gone and a different player will be got to come in to take up the creative mantle? Because, as far as Atessa is concerned, the team is okay but he wants to build on what he already has and creativity should be at the forefront speaking about creativity the young Nigerian player um, although he is eligible to play for Nigeria or play for the English Reliance as Bukola Saka Bukola Saka Um, I think he signed a new deal with um, Arsenal Football Club that will keep him for a bit longer at the club so, and he's been given a proper, proper number. When I mean proper number, I mean proper number. The number seven. Number seven. So that's a proper number because growing up for me, proper numbers for football players were between one and 11. Proper number. Number one used to be a goalkeeper. Your two used to be the full, the uh, right full back. Three, left full back. Five, uh, left center back, six right center back, and then four. Depending on how many, the number four used to be defensive midfielder that plays in front of the um, defense, and then seven used to be a right winger, eleven your left winger, number nine your striker, ten your creative midfielder coming in behind. So he'll be given a proper, proper, proper number. So congrats to the young lad. Congrats to him. And we, everyone in Nigeria, we're looking at you and we're praying for you. We're saying, come on, son, go get it done. And now, the mystery of BVB, Borussia Dortmund, the yellow submarines of the German Bundesliga. Wow. They've got another exciting player, an English lad, Jude Bellingham, Bellingham, Jude Bellingham. So he's a versatile player that can play in the midfield and a very interesting, very talented player, really. So, um, been one and Manchester United were rumored to be interested in him. I don't know how true that was. Chelsea as well were rumored to be sort of interested in him as well. You know, so, but eventually he signed for Borussia Dortmund. And the question people often ask is some say Ugo how why why do why do players go to Dortmund especially young players why do they go to Dortmund and the question the answer to the question is pretty simple more obvious than you would think I tell you more obvious than you would even imagine because okay 
game time. The magic phrase, game time, game time, game time. Please forgive my voice. I know it's not that great. I've never been um, a, a musician though. When I was young, I used to feel like I was I was uh, a wonderful tenor tenor singer, but um, that's a different story for another day. So Jude, Jude Bellingham, I'm sure he would get game time because. Teams in the Bundesliga don't mess around. They don't mess around. If they spend their money, they want to get their money's worth. They don't sign you for 30 million euros or 40 million euros and have you sit on the bench. That if you're signed for any sort of amount, any sort of, of money, you are coming into play. And you have Ellen Haaland, 19, going on 20. He's the head of statement, so to speak. And then you have... Uh, Jaden Sancho, I don't know how long he would be there because you have everyone in all the big clubs at least have him on their radar uh, with different levels of interest. So Real Madrid, eh, probably considering Manchester United was at some point at the forefront, but probably with the top four battle, battle to get into the top four and the lack of certainty with respect to them being or finishing in the top four. So maybe that has um, killed the rumor. Uh, down the bit or has suspended the rumors. Maybe he's repetitive and said, okay, you can't leave a club who's in the Champions League where you're playing against the best defenders and improving your market value to go to a club that may pay you more or pay you better and then you play in the Europa League where you don't play against the best sides. Due respect to all the teams that are playing Europa League, but you don't really play against the best sides in the Europa League. So what happens when you uh, play Europa League? It drops so you may no longer have the interest of the top clubs anymore you know for the big clubs and you may not attract the same attention you know from sponsors because one thing people don't realize is that football players don't only get paid don't only make earnings from the weekly wage or their match bonuses they also get paid from sponsorship deals you know they get from their kids sponsor maybe a nike and adidas a puma you know a new balance you know so they also get paid they get paid from maybe a Gillette or you know companies such as that and the more you play on the big stage you provide would-be sponsors with evidence that you can give their brand better more give their brand better exposure at the highest level so now, back to the Jude Bellingham issue. There's something about Jude Bellingham transfer that was like, what, what, why, how, how, why are you doing that? Okay, fine, he's signed by Dortmund, good. For a huge amount of money, for a huge amount of money for a 16, 17 year old, good. We understand big amount, large, huge amount of money. Retiring his jersey, Birmingham City Football Club decided, wow, it's a good time for us to retire the jersey number 22 for a teenager, a child who has really done nothing. He's been impressive for the club, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't been, he hasn't done any legendary thing. Before your number gets retired, 
That means you've done some legendary stuff for your football club. That's what it means. It means you've done something legendary. Probably you're the leading goal scorer of all time for the club, leading an assist, or longevity. Probably you've been at the club for 20, 25 years, the longest seven player. Then, okay, retiring the jersey. For me, it doesn't make sense. Retiring jersey number 22. Why? It doesn't make sense to me, really. It doesn't. Also, since today is Champions Edition of Ugo State, I will also be giving congratulations to Zinedine Zizou Zidane for leading his Real Madrid side to the La Liga trophy. Because, let's face it, before he came, Real Madrid was in turmoil. You know, what's going to happen? Real Madrid having the worst start of the season. Would they ever, would they be able to compete with Barcelona? But, bam! Zizou came in, and then what happened? Won the league. Though, um, the Champions League is a different matter altogether. They, they lost uh, to Man City at home 1-0. So, uh, what's going to happen? But what's happening is with the way Master defended in, in some games, this, they have a chance. Why this remains one goal? See, have a chance. You know, you could go to uh, Manchester City and score a goal. One nil, and then away goal cancels out the away goal. So, but if Master scores the first goal, then you're in for some, you know, Dutch treat some. Some dancing, some uncomfortable dance, <laughs> dance moves, <laughs> you know. So, um, and then Barcelona seems to be, it seems to be a war between um, Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi, and the Barcelona board. So, it's always. I think this is a good time. I know he's arguably the best player in the world. You know, there's always a debate between. You know, to say who's the best player in the world is it Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi? But I think this is the time. This might sound controversial, but I think this is the time for Chelsea, for sorry, for Barcelona to say, let's let Messi go. He's always if if he's an outstanding player. He's arguably the best player in the world. He's won Champions League titles. He's broken goal scoring records for the club. You know, he's done fantastic. Let him go and you rebuild the team. Because at some point, he would have to go. Because sports, football, isn't like a corporate job where you could walk to your 65 and you could still be around at 70 something. No. Football, anything past 30. It's a bonus, and right now he's living on bonus time, and admittedly, uh, that's high-level bonus time because he's lying on Messi. Come on, I get that, but I think this is the best time to let Messi go. You know, because I think it's come to a point where there's a standoffish situation between Lionel Messi and the Barcelona board. And, and some of the um, who want to contest for Barcelona uh, football club uh, presidentship want to use Messi as sort of a bargaining chip 
you know, to say, oh, I got Messi to stay even longer, so I should win. We get all that, but should let Messi go and then rebuild the team. I don't know if Kike uh, was uh, the, the Barcelona coach. I don't know if he's a man for the job, but he's been with the team and so so no problem because of the way the league is they're going to finish probably second and remember they won the league as I said earlier on so now there's one topic I want to talk about there's one I want to talk about now and that is Bayern Munich yes they won the league again you know at some point it seemed like RB Leipzig would give them a run for their money but Woohoo! <laughs> brush them aside, brush that money aside, and one league. Now, there's this 50 plus one rule in Germany. But before I talk about that, the question I want to ask, I want to get your feedback in by the next episode, is the fact that Bayern Munich continuously dominates the German league, the German Bundesliga, is that good? Is it, is it good for football? Now the two, for me, if you can win your domestic league 35 times in a row, go on. You know, it's not your role as a club to make other clubs competitive. What the role for the board of a, for the board of a particular club or the or the coaches of a club is to make that club even better, even stronger going into the next season so they're not in a place to say okay let's not buy as much no and speaking about that they signed Leroy Sané the German international from Man City so keep going strong no problem about that but for me the problem I have with with Bayern Munich especially the uh, the board members Uli Hunes and Karl-Heinz Rummenigge and, and all those guys they do, do the great job for their club itself but this 50 plus one rule that they have means the clause will be owned by at least 51% German ownership. In the face of it, it looks good because it encourages ownership of the clubs to be owned by Germans and not have some foreign power to own uh, um, the football club, to own football club and probably do some money laundering or some illegal activities use the clubs as sort of a cash laundry you know to make dirty money clean and things like that but you could have things in place to watch things happen to make sure everyone follows proper uh, uh, um, procedures checks and balances check the integrity and the character of whichever uh, company or, or ownership that wants to take over the club but allow clubs to compete this 50 plus one rule is just favors Bayern Munich it just favors them because they're already in the top position and it's simple it's easy the big brands who do go to an Osborg to sponsor an Osborg it's not going to work because the big brands like Audi like Mercedes-Benz like Adidas they want to sponsor the top brands the top club and it's Bayern Munich is the top club and then to some extent, um, Dortmund and then RB Leipzig have been there and thereabout. They've been, comp- they've been competing and then they've, 
you know, they're owned by, actually owned by the American company, a private company, Red Bull. But, you know, so even that happened, even Red Bull owning RB Leipzig had, uh, uh, met, was met with strong opposition. You know, like, oh, companies coming to take over and all that. But one club is running away with, is running away with league titles every year. You could just wake up and say, 2021, 2020-21 season will be won by Bayern Munich. And that's it. At some point, Dortmund may want to pretend like they're going to win the league or they're going to compete. But they're off because they can't match the spending power of Bayern Munich. No club can. So the 50 plus 1 rule must be suspended if you want the German League to actually be competitive. Or you could say top brands should sponsor lower clubs but that will be restricting trade and other anti-competition rules and things like that so uh, so what do you think is the German League has the German League become too predictable for me I think it has but what's your opinion what do you think has it become too predictable and no excitement you just wake up in the morning oh German Bundesliga Germany, uh, Bayern Munich is going to win it and they attract the best players in the league unless <laughs> they don't sign them up so you know so that's it so I would like to use this opportunity to give shout out to Lecture Learning Lecture Learning they help prepare your kids for uh, GCSEs and other examinations and they have an online platform as well so you can uh, contact them uh, you can contact them Lecture Learning it can help you with that as well. I want to give a shout out to CCJ at CCJ Consulting, uh, CCJM Consulting. They provide consultancy for small businesses. If you have a, a business you're trying to start or you've already started, I need some guidance. You need some training on how you manage your business. That the one for you as well. You know, so you are giving a nice shout out to them. And also, if um, you interested in being part of this podcast, let me know. Send me an email and I'll send you the link that would let you participate and get your voice heard on this podcast. So, I also want to thank everyone, the faithful listeners who have been watching this show. Not watching, but listening to this show regularly. My faithful listeners, thank you so much for... um, listening to this uh, show well thank you all so much for that now and what is the the last topic for today before uh before we leave who do you think would give liverpool the strongest opposition who would give liverpool the strongest opposition or do you think liverpool will just steamroll the league once again and win the 2020-2021 season or do you think Man City will put up a stronger a better fight this time around or do you think uh, maybe clubs like Chelsea and Arsenal would buy very well in the transfer window and then um, give Liverpool a run for their money or actually topple them so what do you think send me an email 
to ugostake at coolsite.net so i want to thank you all once again for listening and like i said it's on apple Podcasts. you can get us on apple Podcasts. you could also get us on uh spotify you know spotify as well just ugo apostrophe s-t-a-k-e on spotify and you can listen to us online and offline depending on if you have have a spotify premium so also uh we'll be doing re- i know i've been off a bit on it but he ugo stick heroes and villains is coming to spotify i know i've been doing it on ig live but it'll be coming to this podcast so keep your ears peeled and stay tuned i'll also be doing review as well um also doing comic book reviews as well and having a business discussion uh, that's Ugo takes on business if you don't follow me on Instagram what are you waiting for because you have been missing out so you follow me on Instagram it's Ugo's take but it's spelled U-G-O-S underscore T-A-K-E and I'll be starting a Kickstarter campaign pretty soon to because I'm trying to uh, put together a comic book under the banner of Wahala Comics. So um, just stay peeled. Keep your, if you want to 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 back uh, the campaign because what I think about creativity is don't tell people to change race of characters or change how this character looks when you have your brain. You know you have the creativity you've been blessed with. You create. You know. So I'm trying to create. Uh, um, characters I've created characters just to create a comic book now. Created characters, interesting characters of different diverse backgrounds. You have Caucasians, you have uh, 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 black black Africans spread across. And more importantly, the story, because the story is what I feel is more important, important than anything else. So, very interesting divergent story that will get you hooked in. So, if you want to be part of the campaign, you know, just let me know. Send me an email. And I'll send you the link to the Kickstarter and then you can back the campaign. So once again, thank you all for listening and remain blessed. Keep sanitizing, maintain social distances, distancing and not more importantly, but importantly as well, listen, stay tuned for the next episode of Ugo Stakes. So this is Ugo Amadi signing out on the champions edition of ugo state today stay well be blessed bye bye